Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. My grandfather used to come out to me and he would go, he would have something in, in his hand and he would say, pick which hand. If you can pick which hand's got something in it, you can have it. But you've got to choose the right hand or you can't have it. And then he'd go behind his back and he'd mix it all up and put his hand and then he'd go, which one? And I'd have to choose that one. And if this hand was empty, I wouldn't get anything. But you'd always give me another chance to do it because that's what grandfathers do. And I feel like right now that God is putting not just one hand forward, but I feel like God is putting both hands forward to us as his people and say, just just choose a hand. My hands are full. Just choose a hand. Why don't you right now, just choose a hand. Go on, point to these hands. As if you're pointing to God's hands. Say, God, I choose. Go on, say it out loud. I choose. And God opens his hand and there's like blessings in there. It's a chocolate. Scramble for it. And he pours out his blessings upon us. You know, the English definition of, you heard the saying, show your hand. Who's heard, the, who's heard that saying, show your hand? It can be used in poker, but I don't want to use that definition. I want to use the English definition, which is a bit more classy than poker. And it says, It says this, to allow people to know about intentions that you had previously kept secret. To allow people to know about intentions that you had previously kept secret. It's like in, 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 you know, when they're doing sport, it's like keeping the names of the team secret. Don't show your hand until the day of the match. Don't show your hand until the day of the match. Keep these things secret until the day of the match. And I'm declaring to you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, that the day of the match has come. And the secret things of God are going to be revealed. That God is about to and is right now already opening his hand. God is about to show his hand. God is about, we've seen lots of other hands being shown, haven't we? We've seen lots of things on display. We've seen ISIS putting what they have on display, holding people in captivity, killing Christians right across the world, showing their arm, showing their hand. No, what we used to do in secret, what we used to do behind closed doors, we're bringing it out in the public right now because we're going to take over and we're going to have dominion and we're showing our hand. Do you think that the hand of Almighty God Do you think that his arm is too short, that it cannot save? Do you think that God would watch these things going on the earth and withdraw his hand? Do you not think that God has a plan in place that he will open up his hand at the right time, at the right moment, and when God shows his hand, all of earth will tremble, every demon will flee, ISIS will go into hiding as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords reveals himself. Because my Bible says that every knee shall bow, that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord to the glory of the Father. Amen. And when God shows his hand, when God shows his hand, we will be like people who dreamed, it says in Isaiah. We'll be, we'll be like people who dreamed. We'll be laughing. We'll be laughing, not like, oh, funny. We'll be laughing like, oh, my God. Oh, look at that. Look what God is doing. Oh, my God. We'll be like in shock. We'll be like people who dreamed. Because the Bible says, I has not seen, I has not seen, ear has not heard nor has it even entered into the imagination of man, nor has it even entered into your imagination what God has in store for those who love him. Just, just for a second, imagine in your, in your wildest dreams God doing something around your community, around your family, around your workplace. It would be just like, your wildest dream. Just get in your head right now. Think about something. Is there someone in your workplace that is dying of cancer? In your wildest dream, could you imagine, even imagine, that God would use your little hand to lay hands on that person with cancer and see them completely restored? In your wildest dream, I have not seen. What God, we've seen people healed. I have not seen. Ear has not heard. Nor has it entered into the imagination of man. What God has in store. What is he got in store? What is he got in his hand? What has he got in his hand that he has kept secret until these last days? What is the card that God is going to play that will make the nations tremble before him? That will, that will declare that the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. What has he got in his hand? Wow. It says in Daniel 14, 2, and this is in the New Living Translation, but you, Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. Keep it a secret. Whatever Daniel saw, whatever Daniel saw, which was that Old Testament Daniel, had a vision of what was going to happen at the culmination of the age. He had a vision. And the angel of the Lord said to him, seal it up, Daniel. Keep it a secret, Daniel. Don't show your cards, Daniel. Because there's going to come a time where God's going to show those cards and where knowledge will increase. Do you know that right now, when you look at Israel, you see what's happening in Israel on the news, you would say it doesn't look good for Israel. Israel is surrounded. They're being, they're being forced out of their own land. They look like they're the victims. Do, not, do they not? Who's a great, does anyone watch the news? They look like right now they are the victims. But my Bible says in the last days knowledge will increase and that God has secrets locked up for his people, especially those in Israel. Do you know that right now that there is 
there has been a release of incredible ideas into the minds of Israeli scientists that right now it's been a secret but it's starting to be revealed right now and that they have come up with technology that will completely make Israel totally self-sufficient with natural gas energy. And they will not need one drop of oil. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oil is power. Oil is Middle East. Oil is America. Oil is all these people that have them in this place where they can't move. They will not need one drop of oil. They're actually ready to move on it as we speak. And they will be the only nation in the world that will be completely not dependent on oil. Because why? Because God's storing up for his people. Cars. Right now, they've come up with technology that makes the iPhone look like a toy. They've come up with computers and technology that are going to blow the technolo technological world out of the water. That, that are going to make Microsoft look like little infants. Right now, they have the technology, they're about to release it. Right now. They've come up. Right now, Israeli dentists, scientists, dentists, orthodontists, is that what you call it? Yeah. Have come up with a contraption that will straighten your teeth without braces, without any surgery. It's just a little plastic thing that you put in your mouth and it straightens your teeth without any, without any braces and they've come, it's, it's exclusive, exclusive. They've come up right now with a cure for Alzheimer's. They have it right now and, they, and you're going to have to go to Israel to get it because they're not going to release it to America, they're not going to release it to the superpowers because they're going to say, God is making us the head and not the tail. If you want this, you've got to come to Israel and get it. I don't know if you know how exciting that is to me. And there's other secrets that they're not allowed to tell just yet that are under the surface about what God is doing. You need to, you need to hear the good news tonight. How many, how many of you are sick of hearing bad news? I'm here to tell you the good news. I'm here to talk about what God has in his hand and what he's about to release, not to the nation, just to the nations of the earth, but to this very place right now where we're sitting tonight in Jesus' name. Amen? How nice was it tonight that we had Sister Emily ministering and Julie leading worship and Jessica doing the giving and Eva up here leading and Pastor Phil praying and I'm preaching. We are family. So good. And Garth is down as we speak right now having a private meeting with um, a huge evangelist from Africa that is ministering. Daniel, what's his name? Kalenda. Kalenda. He's ministering with Reinhard Bonnke. He's his protege. So Garth has got tonight an opportunity to sit with him and be prayed for by that guy and get an impartation for souls for Africa because he just bring, he brings in millions of souls in Africa. So woo, tonight, that's amazing, isn't it? So we are family spreading out to the nations of the earth. Amen. 
bow group. So, technology. In Deuteronomy 26, 8 to 9, 8 to 9, it says this. So the Lord brought us out of Egypt. How did he bring them out of Egypt? Let's remember. It says, forget not. Forget not his benefits. How did God bring them out of Egypt? With a mighty hand, an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders, he brought us to this place and gave us the land of flowing with milk and honey. God is going to do what he did in Egypt all those years ago. You think the parting of the Red Sea is a big miracle? Eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Do you think that, that are you worried about, you know, if, 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 if it's going to become a one world economy and, and we're, not going to, we're going to have to take the mark and all that sort of stuff, you know, before we can buy food? Do you not think that God can bring manna from heaven? Do you not think that he can provide quail and water from a rock? This is the God that we serve. And we have to remember, we have to not forget his benefits. We have to give him all honor and glory that is due to his name and not forget who he is. Not bring him down to our little church world and our little experience and our little experience of God and our little experience of of what he could do and what he's going to do. And we think, oh, God's never going to be able to fix this mess. My goodness me, all he has to do is outstretch his mighty arm, reach forth his hand and declare signs and wonders and frogs will fill places and and waters will turn to blood and, and things will move until Pharaoh bows his knee and lets the people go, amen? That's the day we're living in. That's the day. Let my people go. But there's not going to be one Moses. There's going to be thousands of Moseses. There's going to be thousands of Moses, and God's going to say, what do you got in your hand? What have I put in your hand? Oh, it's just a stick, Lord. Cast it down. Cast it down. Be an empty box. Cast it down. Be an empty box. And you watch what I do. You watch what I do, and I fill you with myself as a vessel of my glory. Amen? Just in the last few months, there's an incredible ministry in Hollywood, a church in Hollywood that's really doing amazing things in the community and also among the rich. There's billionaires falling on their face before God in this church and getting saved and giving their finances into the kingdom of God, like untold, incredible, amazing. It's hard, you know, we always go, oh, the rich. But you know, it's harder for the rich to get saved. The Bible says that. It's harder for the rich to get saved than a poor man. And if someone's getting the rich saved, my goodness, God bless that. Let it happen, God. But this same guy who's getting the, the rich saved, his name's Sean Bolt. He's only, he's only like 42. He's a young guy. I say young, 42, and you'll go, 42. Young. Young. I remember my 40th birthday. It was a minute ago. But anyway, it was a lot of minutes ago. But 42 is young, and this guy is just hes building this incredible church. Now, he's not building it like what we've seen. He's just a broken, he's like an empty empty pizza box, right? This guy is so humble. I saw him, you know, last month in conference, and he's just like, I'm looking at this guy, he's just going, there's nothing about you that makes me think you've got some something special. Like, you, you're not shouting, yelling, you're not wearing fancy clothes. You're not, you know, oh, thus saith the Lording. You're not doing any of these things. 
see, just a 42-year-old guy stands up and says, hi, we're going to have some fun today. And he's just humble. He's just this empty box. And he's just so open to God and he's so open to releasing people in his congregation. And he had, he had some people come to him and say, someone in his congregation said, oh, there, there's, a, there's a porn conference coming up down you know, in the city and we want to go there. We want to go to the porn conference and we want to get people saved at the porn conference. He said, well, how are you going to get in? I don't know. God will get us in there. We just believe God. So this group of people, they were prayers, intercessors, crazy people, you know, those crazy ones like we've got in this church, you know. And um, praise the Lord for them, amen. And so off they went to this porn conference. They didn't know how they were going to get in. There was all these people going in. You've got to have these, like, tag things to get in the door. And um, as, they were, as they were approaching the place, there was a young girl there in her 20s, and one of the girls said, oh, Sandra. And the girl turned and said, how do you know my name? He said, God just told me your name. You know, Sandra, you, you used to be a Christian, but you backslid and your mother's been praying for you and your grandmother's been praying for you. What are you doing with your life? Why are you doing... She was in the industry. She was in the porn industry. What are you doing with your life? And your grandmother's praying for you and I can see right now your mother's on her knees crying out for you. And she started to tell her about her life and this girl just falls on her knees in the middle of the street in Hollywood going into a porn conference and she said, what do I need to do? to come back to Christ and gave her heart back to Christ. And it just so happened that she was the leader of a group of people that were going to go in. So she had a bag full of name tags. She said, here, have these if you want to get in there. And so they put the little things on their head and it said that they were, um, what was the word, Phil? They were, they were um, you know when people give money for something? Not donors, but benefactors, you know, like benefactors. They were like, they were like the people that pay for the prawn industry. And so, contributors, yeah, they were contributors. And so they had these signs, they're Christians, and they're going, oh, here we go, yeah, we're really contributing to the poor. We're going to get them all out of it, you know. And they went in there, and I think they got up to 50 people saved. They just walked around and just reading people's mail, getting people saved, pulling people out of darkness right in the midst of darkness. He had this other girl come up to him, and she runs his children's ministry, this girl. And she runs a children's ministry in his church and she really believes that children have such an innocence to pray for the sick and see them recover. She believes that with all her heart. And believe me, I've seen that in our church. Like years back when we were moving in revival, the children would be in children's church. They'd all be under the power of God. They'd all be crying. They'd be seeing people being pulled out of hell. They'd be seeing Jesus lifted up. They'd be crying and praying. We'd carry them out. Some of them couldn't even walk. And we'd say, lay hands on people. And we saw miracles through those children. And I believe we're coming into days like that again, like, we, like not that we've even seen before. I mean, we've never seen. He's saying, I hasn't seen. Even in revival, there's more. And so this girl says to him, you know, we'd really, I, I, I just feel like God's speaking to me about Kenya in Africa. And, and he says, yeah. And she says, I want to go over there and hold a children's conference. I don't know if anyone will turn up. No one even hardly knows my name. I just run the children's ministry at this church in Hollywood, but God put Kenya in my heart, and he said to raise up an army of children to lay hands on the sick. So she just, he just said, go. I'll, I'll finance you. I'll, I'm going to, you go. If God's saying that to you, I'm going to get 100% behind that. Off she goes to Kenya. She sets up this conference, not knowing if anyone's going to turn up. 10,000 children turn up. 10,000 children under 12. The majority of the children are around 10 years of age. 
and she preaches the gospel, gets all these kids saved, gets them filled with the Holy Spirit, and then immediately says to them, do you know what? Jesus laid hands on the sick and they recovered. He gave you that gift by the Holy Spirit that's now inside of you, and we're going to go and lay hands on the sick. So she divided 10,000 children into groups of 21, and, and she had all these leaders, and they took groups of 21 out into Kenya to pray for the sick and to go and save people in the streets. The group that she took, they went to the three major hospitals in Kenya. And one, the, one hospital was for the terminally ill uh, with AIDS and other infectious diseases, terminally ill, like we're talking about some of them days from death. Um, and there was one girl in that hospital, the terminally ill hospital, who had been given days to live from AIDS. She was only in her 20s. She was a university student, and she contracted the disease through her family, and, uh, and she was dying, and she was just one of them. And so they went to the hospital. They said, can we just pray the kids lay hands on the sick? And they went, yeah, whatever, you know. And so these little children, majority of them 10 years of age, went through three hospitals, and they emptied three hospitals. I'm saying emptied. I'm saying except for one girl. That one girl that I spoke of, she wasn't healed. And they emptied all three hospitals. I'm talking about people terminally ill, getting off their beds, packing up their clothes, and going home. Emptied three hospitals. Today, the little boy that prayed for that girl was 12 years old. He was devastated that God didn't use him. He cried all the way home because he felt God used everybody else except me. And two days later, he got a phone call to say, after two days, the girl's body gradually got better. And after two days, she had gotten up. She's completely healed and she's gone back to university. Every, every person empty. Now, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about a fantasy. Bill Cairns talked about that this morning. I'm not talking about a fantasy. I'm not talking about something that someone blew out of proportion. I'm talking about something that happened in the last two months. God is moving. God is moving and he's using ordinary boxes, amen, that are clean and he's using empty, clean vessels. He's using anybody who will just say, I haven't got that. I'll have a go at that. So even people that are really strong in the prophetic gifts and have moved, I've seen for years. Who knows of a man called Randy Clark? Who knows Randy Clark? Only a couple of people. He's sort of around, probably my age, a bit older. And he's been around for years. Prophetic evangelists had massive conferences, massive um, stadiums filled, people healed, healing evangelists, amazing guy. He reckons God is layering in a new layer into his ministry, amen? And in his ministry, he said that God's beginning to give him more accurate words where he used to say, oh, there's someone in the room with a sore hip, something like that. Now he's starting to get names, dates, faces, you know, this sort of stuff. And um, so he says, all I've got to do is step out. And it's like, it's like God is like emptying even these great guys that for years have been on the stages of Pentecost. He's even emptying them another level and saying, if you will humble yourself, and if, 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 you would just, if you would just dare to take a chance and maybe be foolish, 
maybe fail, I'm going to bless your ministry. But if you don't, I'm going to, I'm going to withdraw my hand. I'm going to withdraw. And so God said to him, I just want you to step out and start to do things like I tell you. So he says, okay, God, I'll step out. So he's standing there and God says to him, crowbar. Crowbar. And that's it. He said, okay, and the rest? There's a huge, it's a huge stadium full of people. And he goes, crowbar. Crowbar. So he just says, I'll be faithful. I'm just going to be faithful to God. And so he says, I don't know if this is God. Instead of saying, they'll stay up the Lord, you know. Let's just be real. Let's just get real. And let's just get humble. And this great man of God says, I don't know if this is God or not. I really don't. It may not be. But I just heard the word crowbar. And he hears this, ah, in the crowd. And this woman comes running to the front, falls on her face on the altar. She had been violently abused and beat by her domestic violence to her husband with a crowbar and just about every bone in her body had been broken. She was emotionally, physically, spiritually damaged human being who felt like she was going to kill herself. And When he said crowbar, she knew that that was God speaking to her and she falls on the altar. She was completely healed, completely restored completely gave her life back to Jesus Christ because of the obedience of one humble man. Huh. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. It says in Isaiah 86, let me say, no, I'll do this one. Job 36, 32, it says, he fills his hands with lightning and commands it to strike the mark. He fills his hands with lightning and commands it to strike the mark. That, that woman, God filled the mouth of that prophet with one word, with a lightning bolt from heaven that says, God knows you. God knows you. God knows you. God knows everything about you. And people out there need to know that God knows them. You know, in Song of Songs, it talks about you know, and I went looking for my beloved. I went, I went into the streets. I went running and looking for my beloved. And I go into, into, the, into the watchman, to the church. I say, have you seen my beloved? Have you seen the one my heart is looking for? I'm not looking for a program. I'm not looking for some smart church, fancy light show. I'm not looking, you know, for great music even. I'm not looking even for a great preacher. Have you seen my beloved? Have you seen the one that my heart is longing for? Can you show me where he is? Can you show me Jesus? Can you show me Jesus? Where is he? Where is Jesus? And one word from heaven like that, and that young girl knew, Jesus knows my name. You know, there's a song that they sing at Bethlehem and it says, in a crowd of 10,000, you don't miss a thing. In a crowd of 10,000, God, you don't miss a thing. I love it. Isaiah 66, 14 says, when you see this, your heart will rejoice and you will flourish like grass. The hand of the Lord will be made known to his servants. Hallelujah. You know, we've heard about visitations of dreams and visions to Muslims. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Muslims are being visited by Jesus Christ himself and falling to their knees. See, he doesn't, God doesn't fight the way that they fight. 
He never has fought the way the world fights. They fight with weapons and they fight with hatred and they fight with war. And Jesus came and they said, Jesus, take up some weapons. Fight, you know, lead us into victory. He says, no, you don't understand. I don't fight the way you fight. My battle and my, my, my weapons are called love. And how am I going to fight the Muslims? Jesus said, I'm going to love them. I'm going to reveal myself to them and show them that they are my children. I'm going to show them how powerful love is in the face of hatred and how powerful forgiveness is. I'm going to show them myself. And if you don't show them, I'll go myself. If you don't tell them, I'll go myself. I'll go and tell them. Acts 4.28 says this, Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and to perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. You know, in this conference just recently when I was in Sydney, I'm nearly finished. Am I stirring you up tonight? My hope is that I stir you up until you think, you know what, I want to see what God's got in his hand for me. I want to tap on that hand and say, it's in that hand, God. It's in that hand. Open it up for me, God. What have you got for me? What can I do? What words would you speak to me that I could go and make a difference in society where I didn't think I'd be worth anything? I thought I was just an old cardboard box. What do you say? Worth a dollar thirty-nine or whatever. Thirty-nine cents. Thirty-nine cents. I thought it was just a thirty-nine cent American dollar cardboard box. But God, when when you feel it, what can you do? And when I was in this conference last week, I heard the words that I've been longing to hear for so long, you know, Smith Wigglesworth prophesied over Australia that Australia would be the nation that sees the greatest visitation of God that the world has ever seen before the, before the coming of Jesus Christ. And then that, that visitation of God would go out to the ends of the earth from Australia. And a couple of weeks ago when I was in conference, one of the prophets and I've heard it all over the place. I keep hearing it. But one of the guys stood up and he said, I saw a vision and I saw Sydney, Australia. And I saw God come in the next two months and land with a holy visitation in the centre of Sydney. And then it went out for a 50-kilometre radius. We're just going to have to stretch our hand a little bit that way, okay? Because I want that. Amen. And it went out 50-kilometre radius and everything around it was swept into it. 18,000 souls are going to come to the Lord within months. They reckon by the year 2020 that we'll see 250,000 souls come to the Lord in Sydney, Australia alone. Then he said that the, the, that the, the anointing, the visitation of God is going to go up the east coast of Australia and down the east coast of Australia and then it's going to sweep right across the nation and then to the nations of the earth. Now, I know that I've been praying for this for a lot of years, people. And I've heard prophecies and prophecies and prophecies over the last 20-odd years that line up exactly to what this guy is saying right now. And he reckons we're months off it. God has got something in his hand. And he's going to release it in Jesus' name. And this week when we're at Presence Conference, I'm telling you, I've Presence Conference is always good. Don't get me wrong. It's amazing. It's an amazing conference. But the name Presence, this time I felt, was not just the omnipresence of God, not even just 
the tangible presence of God. But in that conference was the manifest presence of God. And in some of those times of worship, when I looked across the auditorium in years gone by, in conferences and in, in, in places, and I see, you know, there's great worship going on and people are on their iPhone. You can see. So when you're up on, on you're looking down over the floor, you can see what people are doing. And people on their on their phones during worship, you know, people standing there, people bored, people yawning. Not not in this one. I looked across. We were up on you know in a strategic place, and I looked across and up and around. Every hand raised, tears coming down people's faces all over the place. People crying out to God. And God said to me, Australia is ready to fight. Australia is ready to take the name of Jesus Christ and Australia is ready to fight. When they sang that song that Jilly sang before and we're going to sing that soon, you know, what's the word say, Jilly? God is fighting for us, pushing back the darkness, lighting up the kingdom that cannot be shaken. In the name of Jesus, enemies defeated and we will shout it out, shout it out. And that's this in that auditorium thousands of people and we will shout it out shout it out and I saw Australia ready to truly believe every benefit of the name of Jesus Christ to truly believe that if God was there things would happen things would shake and God would take control that the church would be the head and not the tail and God would do awesome things in Jesus name let's give the Lord a hand amen come on Hallelujah! 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 Can I have the team up? We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.